This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode 31. Hey la, hey la, the master's back. Ooh, the master's back. And we love... <laughs> Welcome to No, not the Mind Probe. No. It's like the Mind Probe missed a shot. You're like, oh, the Mind Probe. No, not the Mind Probe. He um, had that. It's our falling four weekend college basketball uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. reading. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. That's a guarantee. I'm guaranteeing that. Hmm. Uh, my name is John Grant. I also guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan, guaranteed. No, uh, what I is been, life? I mean, well, that's, well, you know. I mean, I, I don't think it's, I mean, frankly, if I gave up on it at this point, there'd be a weird time to let it go because <laughs> I have been watching it for 36 years. And then if I'm just next year, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not a fan anymore. That seems like a long, yeah. I don't know. Well, my name is Porter yeah, Guarantee Mason. John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years. Finally said yes. It's just, does that mean... I was 10 years old. Oh, you were 10 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, the math didn't check out for me suddenly <laughs> there. All right. You you haven't been watching Doctor Who since birth. That That's yeah, the key right. I missed there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I started a little later. Each episode of No Not the Mind Probe or NNTMP or NTIMP, as the kids mm-hmm. call it, we'll mm-hmm. look at two Doctor Who stories. We're going through the new series, the 2005 era series. Not era. It started in 2005. Yeah. And then our Doctor Who curator, John pairs that story with a classic doctor who uh john what do we have in store for us this episode well i mean this episode we're recording probers you can probably tell from borders more christian openings uh we're recording on easter sunday and the master is risen he is risen (laughs) if you (laughs) if you thought we didn't plan these we don't this just totally worked out you were right you were dead on with that (laughs) you're dead on but it worked out uh the master returns uh first up in uh his surprise return stunning surprise return uh in the 10th dr martha story utopia um and then he's slightly less stunning but still slightly surprising for the time uh return in the fourth dr adric uh and nissa introduction uh the keeper of trocken let's get to it all right so we're going to recap some episodes. Let's start with Utopia. This is season three, episode 11 of the new Doctor Who. This aired on the 16th of June, 2007. It's story number 187. Mm. Um, and we mentioned it does feature the master, although we don't find out that out until the end. So spoilers yeah. for about five minutes from now when we would have yeah, told you yeah, that yeah, yeah. in the in the plot summary and john if you're listening you... to this podcast to be surprised you're making a mistake yeah that, that would be a bad way yeah, to go be weird <laughs> this is not your way to first time experience doctor <laughs> i like the idea of someone <laughs> sitting down there oh i'm gonna listen to not, not the mind probe got my big bowl of popcorn let me get my big glass of water let me take a big drink of water right when they're telling the master's coming back ah, no <laughs> Don't uh, think I, I, well, I like I, that I, they say no to like like the master is a real person like oh no he's bad he's a really bad guy I just like the idea that that's how they watch Doctor Who like well, for what, how I watch a TV show is I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts about yeah. it then I watch the episode <laughs> right. 
<laughs> really want to be prepared. All right. Anyway, we're All right, here. Yeah. Clip, here right? is a little yeah, clip right, from right, Utopia. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Can you see it now? Tardis. The time vortex. <laughs> Regeneration. Regeneration. The never-ending drumbeat. Open me, you human fool. Open the light and summon me and receive my majesty. Destroy it! And you will give your power to me! John, Yana, won't you please take some rest, though? Perfect place to hide. The end of the universe. Think what the face of Bo said. His dying words. He said. That was the return of oh, that was the face of Bo, and then we were we were reminded that the face of Bo has been dropping this knowledge all along. We yeah. knew the master was going to come back, yeah. Um, so uh, this was a cool episode because I liked there was its own, its own story in and of itself, and then it ended up with this sort of oh, I don't reveal. know season long arc, but a big reveal, a a arc yeah. larger reveal of the master coming back. So. Smash cut to Earth. Captain Jack Yay! returns. Yay! We, we love, love Captain Jack. Jack. Yeah. He's been hanging out in Cardiff uh, for hundreds of years, <laughs> as you do. Hey, look, it's a great place to stay. A lot of great small businesses, some great hotels. There's a I've holiday there. in there. It's nice. No, very nice. Nice place. Captain Jack has been trying to kind of reconnect with in the in time with the doctor. And he basically said, I'm going to camp out by the Cardiff Rift because the doctor essentially it's a gas station for the TARDIS. He has to come back occasionally and recharge the TARDIS there. And he, he does see, uh, the doctor uh, or sees the TARDIS rather. Well, he's got the and hand. He uses the hand as a detector. Uh, oh, right. He has the doctor hand. detector, yeah. the hand, the doctor's yeah. hand, which he, um, you know, swiped up, put into a little dustbin and then kept going. <laughs> and then he sees the TARDIS. He runs toward it. The, the TARDIS, uh, is blinking out and captain Jack just kind of goes for it. YOLOs, yeah, really YOLOs himself on right onto the TARDIS and hangs onto it physically during a time jump, which I'm going to let you in on a little secret, John, this is the moment where I was like, I don't think this Doctor Who show is entirely based in reality. <laughs> I just don't think if you got a time traveling ship, I don't think you could just hang on to the outside of the it. Side. <laughs> yeah, this this um, the the TARDIS starts. It's it's in the newer states. The TARDIS starts to become maybe it's the box, and then sort of just around it. Um, there's a lot more floating in space with the doors open happening than it used to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's still a little shield around it. Well, they get to where they're going, yeah. and Jack's dead. So that's uh, the end well, of Jack, yeah. or yeah. is it? It's uh. not because uh, he revives uh, later and. Martha's thinking that she maybe did something to revive him, but really it just seems like 
We'll talk about it more later in the episode. I'm interested to hear more about what this really is. But basically, Jack can't die. Yeah, um, yeah he's immortal. It'd be great so actually, if he was just dead. And then they were like, oh, well. And it's like, well, it was it. nice to see him, though, at least. <laughs> okay, they're on a planet, Malcasario, and they run into a human who is running around because he's being chased by some terrible just, kind just of humanoid. Running around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just running around. He's running some errands, um, and he's being chased by some sort of like Morlock-looking people. Yeah, there, there's geez. sort of scary humanoids face tattoos not good face tattoo never, never trust anyone that. with never a face tattoo yep. they kind of go into a military base and what we learned is that this uh this base is uh but the humans are kind of inside here i don't totally understand why these the human or the the morlocks or whoever they are outside uh, oh the future kind yeah, they call them right. i don't kind of know where they came from they i don't know if they're humans who devolved I, it's never quite clear yeah, to me but what's great. inside the gate are the kind of last remaining humans and i think they actually say before they jump here that this is the end of the universe right this is the end far of, trillions of years in the future or whatever. right so they're inside uh and they're kind of a little noah's ark in here of the last humans remaining and they're uh their hope is that they're gonna get this is what i didn't quite understand their hope is to get on this rocket yeah and escape, but I don't know how you escape from the universe ending. It's not like there's a bomb yeah. going off. Like, well, they're going to go to Utopia, which is some place that's sending right. a signal, but it's not clear how they're going to. Yeah, why that's going to, do or why that's good, good or yeah. yes, right. Yeah. There's some place called Utopia that's been sending out something that's saying you should head here. Basically, it's like that's all they've got. So they're yeah. like, okay, right. I guess we'll go there. They um they meet up with this professor. It's like professor. if you it's like if you were if you if you we're just at the end of your robe, and you saw an ad for Denny's, and you're like, "Oh, I, mean, I guess we'll oh, go to I Denny's." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's really no other choice here. Let's just go to Denny's. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, and they're all, and they're all huddled, huddled in here like a refugee camp, which I wanted to mention just because we we will we'll see shades of this in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Which spoilers I've already watched, guys. Mm-hmm. So sorry to just destroy <laughs> your reality. Um, they meet up with this yeah. <laughs> this older older professor, Professor Yana, and his lovely assistant, who's sort of an insect person. Her name is Janto, mm-hmm. and she says "Jan" at the beginning of anything and "Do" at the end of everything, you and that's her whole deal. Like that. You should be like poor. This is her whole deal, ter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she is uh, she's very charming. Uh, this this Chanto. I didn't realize that was her name, uh, but I'm reading this now. She uh, the the Chanto is is uh, quite noticeable and also referenced repeatedly. So this professor is basically the only guy. Basically, they're all huddled here. They heard this signal like, "Well, we got to have a rocket." And there's like, anybody know how to build a rocket? <laughs> and like, no one raises their hand. Yeah, people are like, I do podcasts, or uh, <laughs> and as far I as we can tell, bowls. it's like this professor is basically the person who's just like, you look like you should know how to do this. <laughs> so they put him in charge, and he is stressed out. He's yeah. like, I don't know how to do this, <laughs> and I'm doing my best, but I'm not really getting I've anywhere. I've got them a lot of the way there, but boy, this is not what I signed up for, yeah. So he's happy to see the doctor because he can. He kind of finds out, oh, he's a man of science, and he's like, hey, look at this. What What's going on? Because it's not working, so can you please help me? And the doctor... um 
the doctor is able to come in and say like, oh yeah, there's some you know switches to flip here, and then things will work out as yeah. as he, he makes does it work very easily. Yeah, he should like oh, fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, so they're like, great, we can actually. It's like, hey, everybody, this is not a drill. We can actually leave <laughs> on this rocket, and everyone's kind of now starts filing in and we should say throughout the episode that we notice that the professor is having some kind of like episodes but honestly we can't tell if it's just he's stressed out and his health is poor because the universe is ending and but but he's having anyone yeah universe is ending he's having these episodes we find out uh, as we get to the rocket ready to take off um there's some there's some flibbledy bibbits that need to happen and part of it is that you need to you need to kind of go to this area to flip some switches again for the rocket that no one should be able to do. And Jack is basically is a, at that point says, like, I can go do it. Actually, the doctor volunteers himself. Like, well, he can do it because basically Jack can't die. Yeah. What we find out is that uh, episodes back. I don't remember the name of that specific episode, but when Rose takes on the heart Party of the, of the TARDIS yeah. force, yes, um, she and saves Jack's life. She essentially imbued him. Uh, she she uh, anchored him in time, right. so he he's a fixed can't die. He's he's a fixed point in time. So they're like, great, Jack. Then you go fix that. So it's basically like they they took the end of Wrath of Khan, but Spock just couldn't die, right? So they're like, what if we just made it less interesting? what if we went that way yeah so so he's in there which is is, one thing is that then we also reveal that the doctor is freaked out by that and that and that he purposely he knew jack was trying to get into the to see him in the tardis and he was jumping away because he just doesn't want any part of this he doesn't like it he thinks it's weird that he's um, immortal and so um and that's when we also see uh we find out more about the Jack having uh, the doctor's hand, and that's how he tracked him down. Well, anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we get pretty close to getting the rocket to take off, but then what we find is that the professor is, well, may have been the professor. I'd like to understand more about this. May have been some other person, but is now embodied by the master. And the master will you will tell me a lot about but it's an old doctor who villain which i think i've only seen like once or twice yeah so you saw far. the demons uh which we actually heard a little clip from there that was you there's a in, the, in the in the clip we just listened to uh some of the voices were actually from the original series and one of those was a line from the demons so yeah, nice little callback there so then uh chanto so there's a there's struggle in a fight here uh the the master embodies this professor the the older man and well, then he has the watch he has the same watch that the doctor had in human right. nature right yeah and uh his assistant and he destroy each other actually they shoot each other but then the master uh gets into the tardis and regenerates because the master is a, a time lord that's one of the few things i know about him <laughs> and um he takes the tardis so then the jack the doctor jack and Martha are are stuck here. Yeah, um, being the rocket by future leaves. Uh, I think it does take Where off. Where are we on the end of the universe? <laughs> because like it is exciting that the master came back, but I'm also like, so what happened there? What happened to those I think the rocket does take off, but the future kind are breaking through. Like this impregnable fort just has one chain on it. They pretty much go through that chain gate uh, in one second. Um, yeah, it's a. Um, 
I think the Rocket me, League. This, so this is really kind of a three-part story, I guess we yeah. should mention. Exactly. Uh, stay tuned to next week for the, the kind of conclusion of the actual two-parter. But um, this ending, <laughs> spoilers, is very much to me like an old Doctor Who ending because it's like they leave. It's not just a cliffhanger. It's like the universe is ending. The Doctor can't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's like completely hopeless. Within one minute of the next episode, they're yeah. back and they're, they're like, following the master. Yeah. And and not that everything's fine, but they're not yeah. nearly as screwed as it appears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's it. And then we we get the follow through, as we, we heard in that clip, of the face of Bo's message to him, you are not alone, yeah. which this whole uh, series this whole three seasons it's uh the doctor's been saying i'm the, i'm the last time lord i'm the last time lord and as we see it's that's not true yeah although weirdly the 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 point is that you are not alone spells y-a-n-a is yana and that's the professor's name like so the professor's name was a message to the doctor you aren't it doesn't quite that doesn't make any sense <laughs> maybe it was that just coincidence make- yeah Right. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and I thought about that because it's like, so wait, the professor named himself so, or yeah. as a message to the doctor? I, maybe if you think about it. Um, yeah. This but was, he um, is not the last time Lord. He's not yes, alone. He is in that now time. the master. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is um, this was uh, was I think Russell T. Davies playing with uh, sort of our knowledge of how the seasons work, too. So, like, this was unexpected nobody knew this was going to be part of a three-part ending so everybody was used to like you know they they released the titles of the stories or they you know they let you know uh you know as the schedules release what's coming um and everybody expected okay the last two seasons season one and season two have both had a two-part season finale um and so you know this is i guess the pattern um, so then Utopia comes along and everybody was kind of like, oh, this will be like fear her. <laughs> like It'll be sort of the the disappointing uh, <laughs> non-story before right. uh, for the end. And then obviously, and they kept the master coming back as a secret, or at least I think if you didn't try too hard, they kept it back as come uh, coming back as a secret. Um, so this was a big surprise. The, the ending. Um, it does have, I think, I think we knew Jack was coming back. I think that was less of a surprise. We knew so. So um, Jack, uh, the Torchwood spinoff was happening. Um, so after Parting of the Ways, they, I think, uh, you know, and then we have Torchwood set up at the end of the second season. They did then did a, a first, the first series of Torchwood as a separate series, which was running. And at the end, the season finale of that, Jack hears the TARDIS and goes running and that's what we pick up. So, so the the beginning of Utopia is actually picking up from the ending of season one of Torchwood. Um, so it's a cross series cliffhanger, I guess huh. you could say. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we knew where Jack was, and we knew he was immortal. So that was the other thing that uh, in the you know in the Torchwood series, that was the thing. He kept dying, and then he would wake up with you know be like, <gasps> and then he's awake, and then you're like, oh, Jack's back. Um, so yeah, that was a, that had been established. Um, uh, Sorry, was so, he in Torchwood just as I don't know minor character? Or was he like a main character? No, he was the Torchwood? lead. Yeah, Jack was the lead. Oh wow! Of Torchwood. Okay. Yeah, um, and he was running the Torchwood organization, and he had all you know, and then they had the supporting cast around him. You'll see, we'll see some Torchwood because there are some crossovers coming um, later, but we'll see some more Torchwood. But yeah, so he's, and then the end of this uh, or the end of the season, he goes back to Torchwood for the second season. Um, 
Um, you do have uh, uh, Derek Jacoby uh, as the Professor Yana, um, who is probably not as well known in the U.S., but is people are probably aware of him. He's definitely like one of those legendary British actors. He's a Sir Derek. Uh, he uh, gay also like Mark Mark Gatiss, like mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. Mar- not Mark Gatiss gay, but you know pretty gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, he actually does a very funny. Uh, sort of weirdly old school sitcom called Vicious with uh, Ian McKellen, and they're an older gay couple living together. Uh, it was just pretty. He looks funny. very familiar to me. I don't know where he I know him was from. in. I well, he's the star of I Claudius, which I'm currently rewatching with Mike right now, which is very good. Uh, that was in the '70s. He was Cadfile, uh, which was sort of the a mystery solving monk uh, from like the Middle Ages. Um, he's just uh, he was uh, in. Last Tango in Halifax is a show he's in now, which is some show about, I don't know, old people in Scotland, you know, uh, and uh, he's, 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 yeah, he's just been around forever. He's one of those, he's, he's just one of those British character actors who's been uh, around forever. Um, and so, yeah, it was very cool. Uh, people were a little disappointed because it was, he only gets to be the master for about two minutes <laughs> right? Um, and uh, everybody's like oh you got this legendary british actor uh and and then people he was he's very good and he just changes very quickly from like this sweet old professor to this homicidal maniac character and does it very well um so that now big finish actually has done a whole spin-off series uh of him as the war master so they're basically like all right he was uh and during the time war he was the master so he said uh, these were audio episodes yeah so they're audio episodes with him as sort of the star um and derek jack would be doing it and they're very good um uh you know sort of an anti-hero uh kind of thing um by the way it looks like he also was in gladiator yeah he's um, he's just been he's definitely been in everything um uh, and then John Sim, we'll talk more about him in the next episode, but John Sim plays him. John Sim was famous at the time for Life on Mars. He was on the lead on that show. Um, and I think he's done some other stuff. Um, again, just take a moment for our, our standard poor Martha moment. Uh, I, I love the moment where everybody's like, Rose, how's Rose? What happened to Rose? And, and, and I just, just like the aside where she goes, Ah, uh, good old Rose. <laughs> it's like, um, well, it's oh, the whole thing is very funny because um, it's like it's it it it's very almost self aware of the writer saying we can't stop talking about Rose. Rose. And wouldn't that be really annoying if we were Martha? It's like, or you could write the characters to stop talking about Rose. <laughs> but yeah, she's been instead... gone for an entire season at this point, and they can't stop. Um. And again, I thought Rose was a a lovely companion, but I don't kind of understand <laughs> the obsession why she was so <laughs> you know wonderful and 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 requires. Now, I, as you had said repeatedly, she was the first one back and had to do a lot and I guess worked it was very successful. But yeah, you feel bad for Martha because I'm sure they're going I know that they're going to be future companions who are going to be just as successful as rose and it feels like martha got the short end of the stick for having to come in at this point yeah and it's just like well you're always going to be the rebound martha popular um, companion yeah yeah otherwise it's not um it is a it is a weird um this is a story i think that 
lives by the twist, right? Like it's memorable because it's just, there's actually not much of a story to it, right? They show up, they're way in the future, although they're like a billion trillion years in the future or something. And everybody's kind of dressed like it's a Victorian steampunk, like Jules Verne novel. Everybody's and the future kind just have some face tattoos and sharp teeth. Like it's like, also this is put a ton of effort into it. (laughs) Also, this is the end of the entire universe, but only humans seem to have like figured out anything. There's still, they're still driving around gas powered trucks. And like, like it was just kind of like, okay. Like not a ton of effort went into building this world. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it is saved by the twist because, um, because I do think you have that feeling the whole episode of like, why is this episode? Why why are we watching <laughs> it? It's not here? bad. It's not bad, yeah. but it's sort of like you're waiting for some shoe to drop, and then when that happens, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so it, it is, does work. It is when the shoe drops. It is well directed. You've got that that music. I think that we saw heard in the yes. clip is just playing for like. 10 minutes and that's so the heavy like, metal whatever, yeah and you're like well whatever's happening is happening <laughs> yeah and you're yeah. like this is happening fast i don't know what it is or if i'm entertained by it or not but it's moving <laughs> you're like calling people in from other rooms of your house <laughs> guys it's happening everybody get in here <laughs> i don't know what it's happening <laughs> that's funny yeah. all right well why don't we move on to our classic yeah. episode here so let's see what should we watch <laughs> <laughs> The Keeper of Trocken. Keeper of Trocken. So this is a season 18 serial six. Um, This aired uh, in the very beginning of 1981, January 31st to 21st of February. And how many episodes here? This is four episodes. And as you mentioned, we have Adric. um, We have the fourth doctor. We have uh, the Nissa, uh, the appearance of Nissa. Uh, a lot going on. <laughs> there is a lot going on. In this a lot episode. happening here, folks. <laughs> so let's uh, let's hear a clip from the keeper. You will find immobility endurable, Doctor. I speak from experience. I thought you meant to destroy me. That would be irrational to waste all that acquired knowledge of the centuries. You spoke of my library, Doctor. I intend that you should become a part of it. Your mind I shall deposit there. Your body. I am now nearing the end of my twelfth regeneration. Then that is the end for a time, Lord. But not for the Keeper of Traken. With my new powers, anything is possible. Yes. <laughs> I shall enjoy full mobility once again. The source! Someone has tampered with the power of the source! That's unfortunate. Yeah. You hate when that happens. Ah, I just like the ending. Ah, yeah. yeah. All right. So let me try to explain this plot. This plot feels a little bit like a game of Calvin Ball, if you're familiar, where everyone just keeps shouting out new rules of like, oh, of course this has to happen. It was like, okay, <laughs> I guess so. Um, well, I, they're coming from uh, an, um, a story called Warrior's Gate, which I don't know yet, but yeah. they're they arrive in N space, which I guess you could tell me some about, but they're in the Trocken Union, which 
which they say is this is an empire of, of peace and harmony and not much going on. Then why are we here? Um, and then on to the TARDIS. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's it's uh, Tom Baker, uh, Fourth Doctor and Adric. Um, rest in peace, Adric. <laughs> Adric headed for an untimely demise uh, in a couple seasons. So the the keeper of Traken appears uh, as an image, as a hologram in the TARDIS and says, "We, I need help. I'm about to pass on um, my title. I'm the keeper of Traken is sort of like the it's sort of like the king, like a ruler, yeah. but I don't know. Like, sort of like, like a magic wizard king because he can, yeah. he can bop around in a chair. That's impressive. And he says, I'm about to pass on my title to this other guy. And so then he will have, because he'll be the new keeper, he'll have access to all the knowledge and, and, and the technology that um, is that, that Traken knows about. But this current keeper, this who's very old, uh, this old bearded guy is saying, I'm worried about my successor. Um, I sense evil within him. And they say, I, and he says, I suspect a connection to this creature that landed on Traken years ago. And this is, to me, this is a very funny part of the story. Basically, nothing ever happens in Traken, like this edit. So this kingdom of peace and harmony. This crazy thing lands in a garden and they <laughs> and then everyone just becomes obsessed with it because nothing ever happens on track. Yeah, and so yeah. this like mm-hmm. thing lands there, looks like a weird robot. They call it the Melkor. I don't know why, but they give it this name. Fly trapped in honey is what the name means. So they say it's an evil creature. Yeah. And uh, I don't really know why they know it's evil. But anyway, uh, they, it's it's there and and and. It's kind of it's kind of like picking at a scab. It's there, and they're like, "Why don't I just go visit it every day and talk to it?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, um, what could go so, wrong? Yeah. So this family, the 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 man in this family, and 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 the wife and the daughter, um, they're gonna well, the the father's gonna become the new keeper of track, and the current keeper of track and say, "I'm suspicious. I need you to come down and help." I don't know if he says specifically what I want you to do to help, but I want you to come down here and help. So the doctor says, sure, why not? I got nothing, nothing else going on. <laughs> um, okay, so they come down and they he kind of meets everyone involved. We 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 this is where I get into all these rules because we just start getting thrown a bunch of stuff about truck and culture yeah. begins to be thrown at us fast and furious <laughs> and I don't think in a in a way that is really I, I imagine the book of this might be maybe more interesting potentially to read um but we find out that there uh there's just evil stuff going on here there's weapons involved there's infighting amongst the different people in Traken. there's like a military guard who are ostensibly a part you know helpful or, or they're good but then they're potentially no gardeners that was their they're the proctors yeah. they like apparently they take care of the garden but then they can be armed they're like we should it's like if you were if you had trouble and you're like we should arm the gardener we should give the maid and the gardener guns that's <laughs> very strange and then somehow they they're sensing that this energy device that's starting to kill some people is another is a TARDIS? I think they think immediately it's another TARDIS, which they're confused by. Um, Adric and Nissa identify this is coming from another TARDIS. <sighs> uh, so then, uh, the the wife is becomes in cahoots with Melkor, who at this point is um, 
you know, is is a uh, walking is, around zapping things with walking his eyes. around. Yeah. Uh, but nobody he sees gives her. He gives her a collar to wear, which is nice. You, you know, it's a, very, <laughs> it's a nice bedazzle. You want to win people over, help them accessorize. I've always said that. <laughs> so he has mind control over her now. Mm. And they're able to. Then, then the Tremas, who is the guy that, that we were worried about, actually seems to be okay. But then he gets arrested. And uh, there's lots of like palace intrigue that, again, is shown to us as though we should care a lot about it, but we don't know any of these people. <laughs> and I know this is a constant problem with Doctor Who, where it's like you, you kind of drop in and we're supposed to immediately connect and care about these characters. But because of the complication of the palace intrigue, it it, it it, it's hard to hook into you can't even figure out what's going on so it's hard to, i just like i don't know which side i'm on i i know i like the doctor i guess let me follow him let me see who's he he's i guess the lady whose eyes glow red and she kills people i'm against her he seems probably, bad but I don't yeah know she's on yeah. um so we the the doctor does find that the statue itself is a TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And when he goes inside, we see, uh, again, a reveal here that it's the master. Now, this may have been less surprising in this episode because the master's popping in and around, but you'll tell me more about this. The master's horribly disfigured here. And he says he's on his last regeneration, which uh, I think is the first time we've talked much about this yeah. on this show, but the the Time Lords have a limited number of these, uh, you know, they're, they're cats with nine lives or, or 12 or whatever it is. They have a certain number of times they can 13 regenerate. 13 lives, regenerate 12 times. Yeah. But he wants to use the power of Trocken, the source, mm -hmm. to get a new set. He wants to, he wants to get a <laughs> refund. <laughs> um, and uh, Adric and Nyssa are able to uh, disconnect to this magical source Um the TARDIS malfunctions. Um, the doctor gets in the master's TARDIS and uh, I, another member, I forget who, one of the kind of the, the advisors becomes yeah. the new Ludic. keeper instead of the master. Um, and the doctor get back uh, and Adric get back in the TARDIS without Nyssa. Mm -hmm. and, and which I was mm -hmm. like, I, having seen a later episode, I was like, wait, Nyssa, <laughs> you forgot, you Nyssa. forgot Nyssa. She, she's coming along. And then everything supposedly is well, but it's clearly at the end of this, clearly uh, the master comes back and then like is dispatched fairly quickly. Like, well, I guess the master's dead. I guess that's <laughs> done. And it's just so clearly not the case. Yeah. And um, what happens is that the the father, the the person who was meant to take over as the keeper originally Tree is master. like kind of, you know, snapping his fingers, taking a stretch like, well, I guess that's all done. And then the master is hiding inside a clock, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was yeah. the other TARDIS. And he, I guess, got enough of the source energy to get his other regeneration. Yeah, um, So he he takes over this Trocken fellow and, and yeah. that, that person becomes master. And he jumps and this is Nissa's father, I, I should yeah. say. This is Nissa's father. And he jumps into him or takes him over or embodies him or whatever mm -hmm. and uh we'll see later on that nissa mis is like mistakes him for his yeah. he looks completely yeah. different yeah. he's he, different he, younger he, eviler right right he <laughs> takes on this person's body but it looks very different so yeah kind of a weird mess of an ending but um well but it worked master, out well because yeah. of course the character's name that he takes over is Tremas, t-r-e-m-a-s 
Master. Ah. Master. Uh, so that worked out well, like a great coincidence, right? And I was like, oh, I got the guy who's got my name. I was thinking easy. Melkor must mean master. Yeah. No, so this is, you You did well. Um, <laughs> this yeah. is an oddly complicated episode. Um, uh, it is, um, so this was another surprise return of the master, hence the link. Uh, and um, uh, he had... So you met the first master, that's Roger Delgado, who uh, was we saw in the Demons, uh, the Diamonds episode. Uh, and um, Delgado, the actor, died in a car accident uh, towards the end of the Third Doctor's uh, reign. And so the, he, he was supposed to confront the Third Doctor in their final uh, episode. Um, and it was going to be revealed that they were actually brothers. Um, but then that didn't happen. Um, yeah. Um, and it's actually, uh, in, we'll, we'll see it in the next episode. So I'll talk about that. Um, but, uh, there's, uh, so, uh, it was assumed, okay, well, the master as a character, I guess is, is gone. Um, <clears throat> then a story, uh, and everyone said, well, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done. Then the deadly assassin comes, uh, and that's a Tom Baker story. And they introduce this this master, uh, played by another actor, a guy named Peter Pratt, um, who is horribly disfigured. And basically, the, the I think the intent was, well, that was the Delgado master, but he had this accident uh, and was horribly disfigured. Um, and now that's the master. Uh, and then uh, there's a big epic battle on Gallifrey, and then uh, the master escapes. Um and we're like, well, again, well, I guess that's that. We won't see him again. Uh, <laughs> and then a few seasons later, uh, we we have this. Um, it's a little, this is a little poorly done, I think, in the sense that um, it's a different actor playing the master. Uh, this is played by Jeffrey Beavers, uh, who, fun fact, was married to Carolyn John, who played Liz Shaw. So he... Oh. Is Liz Shaw's husband? Uh, he is not uh, actually disfigured like that. Uh, that is oh, okay. that is makeup. Yeah, um, uh, she burned him with a flamethrower. It's a it's a hilarious <laughs> convention story about when Liz Shaw uh, attacked her husband with a flamethrower. Anyway, uh, so yeah, his reveal they reveal him sort of midway through episode three, which isn't even a cliffhanger. Um, he just turns around and it's like, uh, and but you would only know it was the master if you've been paying attention for many seasons, like they really aren't forgiving to you. Like you had never seen. So when he first turns around, you, I mean, I'm sure you didn't know it was the master till episode four when he says, Oh, it's the master. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's not like you'd well, seen the character. Before. I assumed it was the master because I'd watched the earlier episode. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, so I was like, well, I assume this is the link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, at the time it would have been like, okay, I, I guess we knew what was going on here. Um, the story is by Johnny Byrne, who also wrote Warriors of the Deep. So that could explain a lot. Here. <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, it is it is. A, it's quite a mess of techno battle. I didn't realize because you know, now watching these, I watch them through your eyes in some ways because I'm just like, what would a normal person? How would they respond to this? Um and I had not, it, it is just this string of techno babble. It's just like, we have to build the feedback flow inducer and the time cone displacement and look at these alpha waves. Like, I mean, it's just nonstop techno babble that doesn't mean anything. Um, delivered very earnestly and like in great detail and length. And it's just like, okay, techno babble should be a thing that like if you needed to make it sound sort of sciencey but then let it go like we don't we don't really need the details of the techno babble um in this case i think the next story we're going to watch legopolis 
I think the techno stuff is interesting because I think there is an attempt to make it some kind of logical sense what's happening. But this one is just like, we must build the feedback flow inducer or whatever. And you're just like, well, all right, also, get, get on with it. <laughs> yeah. And um, again, tune in next week. We'll talk about Logopolis. But what's, again, we're dropped into a world in that one. And, but in that one, you, you, you're kind of set some rules about the world and, and the, and we're visiting this world from a story perspective to kind of show this interesting world as a means of telling this aspect of the story. And it's just never clear to me what Trocken is supposed to be showing us because it's so complicated what's going on there. that it's like, so why are we here? I mean, there's something about, I think there's something to this idea of, like you mentioned this fly in the ointment, like it's a peaceful land, but then sort of brought down by their, fascination with this one thing but that's not really explored no, why um, does that happen well, and, um, and it's, yeah. it's it's very fairy tale right down to the inexplicable opening info dump like i mean the the keeper blasted the tardis in his chair and then just proceeds to narrate like the first 15 minutes of like okay doctor you're, you're just getting here Here's what you missed. <laughs> and like, like with a omniscient viewpoint that makes you think, well, if you knew, if you could see all this and show it to him on the screen, why didn't you know she was evil? Or could we have not have just said, hey, everybody, Cassia, she's a bad guy being influenced by a statue. I saw it on my my little screen, exposition screen. Uh, like, it's <laughs> very odd yeah there's this opening omniscience that's like well if he can really if he's that powerful and the keeper is his powers are very odd you're like well is he all powerful or what he can he can bop around in a chair and just materialize in places but then he can't explain what's going on to people or actually stop he's totally ineffectual (laughs) like he's like anybody can attack him he can't seem to do anything he's pretty useless um they try to sort of explain away as oh well his powers are waning um oh to clarify at the beginning uh yeah so end space so the season and legopolis actually closes this but there is a sort of arc going on this season that so this season actually opened i uh or the second story was megalos so you've already seen the tone of the season has really changed <laughs> um and uh after megalos they go through a cbe which we'll talk about in a nice one but uh basically a a, a gap to another universe and that's e-space and then there's a trilogy of stories set in e-space and they're trying to get back to end space which is our universe normal space uh and so this is the first so uh, warrior's gate uh the story before this romana leaves with K9. Uh, so you just missed a canine. You just oh, ducked no. a canine bullet here. Uh, Romano leaves with canine. Uh, and so this is, and Adric comes back uh, to this universe. So this is the first story. Um, and you can tell, this is an interesting one. So you can tell, you can, we know this is the second to last Tom Baker story. You can tell he's done, right? He's, he's hanging around with Adric who nobody likes. Uh, and you can, tell, you can tell Tom Baker is kind of like, who the hell is this? Uh, and, and it's just sort of really going through the motions on this one. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's playing it much more somber. Um, and yeah. And then, and then of course we have, uh, uh, Anthony Ainley, um, who, uh, dream us then takes over as the new master. Uh, and he plays the master for the rest of the classic series. So right through to the seventh doctor, he is the master, uh, from here on out. Hmm. Um, and, uh, it's interesting. His master is very sort of pantomime villain kind of over the top as we'll see. Um, 
which you know when you see this first episode of the of the many flaws in this story Tremus is well portrayed like he's an interesting character and you kind of like him and he's well acted and he's he's just, it's a subtle performance and so you're like okay so he can play a normal human being or a normal but he being. chooses, but not, he chooses to. not to and yeah all right well all right credit to yeah but so um yeah so it's an it's this is a strange episode uh uh that's a lot of setup again similar to utopia do this grand reveal uh that um uh you're just kind of like okay well that's why i remember it because the master shows up at the end <laughs> <laughs> This is a song, a song about recaps. No, it's a song about themes. It's a surprise ending to the song. It's actually a song about themes. So that was a little bit Ooh. of a reveal. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah Who is it? Is it the Handel Surprise Symphony? Is that the surprise <laughs> theme? Oh, I don't know. Surprise theme you know, I didn't know that, John, but I can't help but think that just through the ether that influenced me is I have to think that Handel yeah. really yeah. played a part it could, there. It could also be that it's not Handel. Uh, it could be Mozart. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I mean I it's all it. part of a rich tapestry that feeds into uh, what is and always will be me. Haydn. So. It's Haydn. It's, it's Franz yes. Joseph. Eric Haydn, Haydn. Uh, the speed skater. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe Haydn, the president, I believe. Right? Oh, yeah, Joe Haydn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. He's been doing a great job. John, we're adherents of the repeating themes here on No Not The Mind Probe. We like to talk about things that happen uh, throughout time and and repeat themselves. There are, I think, a couple different things we wanted to talk about here. Uh, You wanted to talk about some techno babble, and you wanted to talk about world building world building uh, uh all right let's start with tackle babble because we could dispense with that quickly now if you if you redivert to flow back feedback loop inducer right yeah. obviously that's yeah no i mean i'm, so gonna, I'm is, gonna have to rewrite some power to do <laughs> there's that there's a lot of power yeah. it. well that's the interesting thing right i mean that so this is one of the dilemmas right how much techno babble do you, so sci-fi it's got to be sciencey you want to you want to make it you know it can't just be magic um so you, but I mean, but also you could do whatever you want, right? So you, you have to hang your magic on something that sounds sciency. Um, so you throw in, you know, a little techno babble. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like, well, how much is necessary, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, Star Trek, of course, infamous for just tons and tons of techno babble, right? And lengthy explanations about what they're doing and how they're going to reroute the power and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, there's sort of this question, well, do you need this or not? So Doctor Who, the famous line in Doctor Who, which is attributed to the third Doctor, although like Elementary, my dear Watson, he only says it once. Well, actually, he never says Elementary, my dear Watson. The Doctor doesn't. Well, Sherlock Holmes. Anyway, look, folks, all right, let's just start over. No, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the, the third Doctor, the line attributed to the third Doctor that's then said much later by many others is uh, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, which doesn't make any sense because, of course, neutrons have no polarity. By definition. But anyway, that was, you know, whenever they wanted to do something sciencey, they were just like, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. Um, and it's like, oh, that'll fix it. Um, so it's like, do you need that? Is that enough? Should it just be like, yeah, yeah, something technical happened? Uh, or, or do you want reams of explanation to sort of be like, oh, we have to do this thing? And like, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't decide if that contributes or if it makes me feel smart. Is it just that it makes it feel right. smarter? And maybe that would appeal well, to kids who like these things? It's funny because this reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, you're right, pretty quickly doesn't make sense if you think about it. It does sound really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that, that's that got to be it. It's like, it better sound good. 
that does sound good. I, I think ultimately it your techno babble, it's like how far do you want to go bef- how how much do you want someone to be have to know to know that what they just heard is gobbledygook? Because it's all gobbledygook at some point. I mean, there isn't a warp drive. It doesn't exist, like for, for Star Trek, for example. Yeah. So at some point, however they're describing how the warp drive theoretically works is is BS. It doesn't it doesn't work. There isn't <laughs> we don't have warp drives. Like so at some level it is, but I'm sure it's based in some kind of reality far enough along that um you know, you'd have to be some level, have some level of knowledge in physics. You know, like this is at the point where this falls down. Yeah. So, and then, but then you have something like reverse the polarity of the neutrons, which is just like, if you know, basic Greek roots <laughs> of words, you're like, wait, but if it's neutral, then how does it have a polarity? I think. Uh, you Maybe know. you create um, polarity for the neutrons. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and so, right. So I, I think it has to sound good. I think it, it, I think it needs to get past a high school level of of science because, for example, one of the things that stuck out, I think it was in this episode, is they were tossing out some techno babble and they just threw in the word like isometric in there. And it's like, that's like a geometry word from eighth grade. Yeah. And it yeah. clearly was and it was clearly just thrown in there as like decoration to sound mathy. Right. And it's like, well, that's now that sticks out <laughs> to me. It's like. You know, I, I well, it's like the I, infamous Star Wars line, right? Uh, I, I made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs and it's just yes. like, well, that's that's not right. That doesn't because... <laughs> make any sense. Right. right. There, well, is... By the way, there's there's great lengths that have that have been gone to to, to not necessarily retcon that actually, but to say why in the entire movie solo essentially is about why that statement <laughs> does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which that's is true. Yeah. Well, then it's also uh, it also. It's interesting. It adds if you want to create an atmosphere of. So this is this is. I, I am now going to reveal. Brothers, gather close. I'm going to reveal one of the great struggles of my life, um, which is I can't decide if I should like The Big Bang Theory or not, uh, the TV <laughs> show, <laughs> um, because I only ever watch it on planes. Because it's just if you if you've got you know 20 minutes to landing and you don't care if it gets interrupted or whatever, and. Um, uh, every time I watch that show, I struggle with it as a person. I'm like, I, I don't think this show is that smart. I think all the jokes are dumb sitcom jokes. Oh, I yeah, just think yeah. they're wrapping it in. Look at all the physics talk, and we're going to reference this because yeah. this is there's like, like a, a patina yeah. of, of like yeah. look how and, and so I'm like yeah, and I wrestle with it every time. I'm like I know I don't think this show is that smart. I think it's just a dumb sitcom. <laughs> um, Which and it may be a funny. Dumb, I actually haven't seen it that much, but maybe a funny dumb sitcom. I don't know, but it's, like it's weird. Well, I uh, not to do well. This is uh, this is our podcast. We digress all the time. Um, I did. Re- I read somewhere where they were like uh, the real influence of Big Bang Theory. You could tell is that it has had no influence. Right. Like it's not it's not going to be it was a show. It was on forever. Everybody taught everybody. Or a lot of people watched, I guess, because it stayed on forever. But no one references it or talks about it anywhere. Like it just exists. Like it's not like people have a lot of joke. I mean, maybe Sheldon Cooper a little bit, but most of there aren't really it didn't create anything in society, which is a really interesting. But anyway, the point mm-hmm. being, like, again, this this technical, I think, you know, this technical level creates an impression uh, and even though it makes, as we point out, it makes no sense necessarily. It creates this impression. Of, well, this is high level, high brow, sophisticated stuff. 
Well, I think, but okay, but I, I think you do need, when well, then we should move on to the world building, but I think you do need some level of techno babble because otherwise it would sound so stupid if right. they were just like, well, I need to press the button. Like, <laughs> what is he going to say? He's got to say something. They're traveling through time. They're in space. Yeah. He has to say some things. The blue I think there button. are moments. Yeah. I think there are moments in Doctor Who where they added in out of um, thinking that they need to add it in because, you know, because they're in time, they're traveling through time and they're in space. But there are moments when they're on like a world like this where it's like the people on this planet don't need to talk like this all the time. You know, when you're traveling through space, that is something that is foreign to us. And so, yes, you're going to need to say some things to indicate like oh, we're near a black hole, we need to do these things because, I don't know, yeah, that's the type of thing that might happen in space. Or when you're traveling through time, there's all sorts of um, things that would come up that you need to indicate that this is a, a weird other thing and when you talk about it, it is different than your normal life. But when they're on the planets, there's no real reason a lot of times, they, they paint themselves in a, in a corner with it sometimes where yeah. they add in a bunch of complexity that they have to talk with a bunch of techno babble around for no real reason like right. you could just be on a uh, track in and there's palace entry just talk about that like yeah. you don't need to make up names for everything yeah but the fullback flow inducer doesn't really need to be referenced yeah so let's talk about building the world yeah so i mean well again so I, I think this is interesting these two stories are are sort of two extremes right so you've basically got trocken which uh i'm just gonna go out of a limb here based on the summary you gave is slightly confusing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So they've, but obviously a lot of thought has gone into trying to create this world. It right? feels like there's yeah. a story Bible about tracking yeah. that is like, you know, hundred totally unnecessary pages. lengthy story Bible. Um, and yeah. And so they create, and you know, this is, this is the sci-fi world building Robert Holmes, uh, who we've watched a few of his stories was very good at it. And others, you know, um, and it is, you know, it is, better than the sci-fi mistakes a lot of people make where ah everybody on this planet wears red hats and that's that's what this planet does and that's the only thing because it matters that everybody because somebody wants to wear a blue or as hat. we talk about <laughs> oh it's the desert <laughs> yeah exactly it's like so so it, it's better than that uh but again it creates this very complex world that is hard to to follow and then i contrast that with uh utopia which I think one of the things that bothers me about it is it is supposed to be set so ridiculously far into the future, and they all appear to be wearing the professor appears to be wearing like a Victorian costume, and everybody else is wearing like a, like a street urchin comes up to her yeah. and talks to the thing, and it's like, and they're going to get in a rocket ship. Uh, it's just like, okay, well, I I mean, I I feel like that's Russell T Davies just being like, I don't, I don't look. The point of this story is not to show you the future. Like, I don't really give it. I got to get from A to B. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> We can't invent an entire world for this yeah. moment. Yeah. 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 So again, it's sort of yeah. like uh, it's like talk about like how much do you need? How much structure do you need to hang your hat on? Um, and it is interesting. I, you know, as a person who tries to write stories and stuff like that, you know, you do or actors who try to create characters, and you do, you know, they're like, oh, I had to create this whole backstory, and this is how the world works, and blah blah. And you know, and then you get other people who are like, I just read the lines, and I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's like same thing. Like, I need this whole thing to make sense to me, or eh, it doesn't really matter. Well, ultimately, think about one of our least favorite episodes of the new series so far was a uh, New Earth, yeah. and um. You know, in some ways, there was immense amount of effort that went into the world building of that. And because it's this whole other look, um, they 
there's a ton of costuming. <laughs> they're cat people. I mean, there's <laughs> all sorts of things there that imply a bunch of stuff because what you want to do with the world is you don't necessarily want to have just the expository scenes of some well, let me ex- oh let me take you on a tour of our world yeah. um you don't have too much of that right you just want to we kind don't of have show, cars anymore tell. we have bloomble forks and you're just like oh a bloomble fork what's that I mean, it's not really necessary we just need to take it to get to the point b but you do want to have these things there i think the, the worlds that we think of that are cool is like oh just in the background you notice this and wow that implies this whole cool thing about this world and it 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 uh, informs the the plot but it's just kind of a side thing and isn't that cool that this whole world is there in the background and star wars as you mentioned is certainly a great example of this where i mean it it, it certainly has come true that sort of minor things that were in yeah. the original star wars have been able to you know like it or not maybe but like they have been able to spawn whole other stories and series and certainly dr who i mean all the you know audio stories and novelizations and stuff you've talked about indicate that there are pieces of dr who whose world building have held up yeah uh, well there's definitely there's a skill to it right there's effortless world building so so trocken is is the opposite of effortless it's effortful <laughs> world building uh like you again has to take 15 minutes at the beginning to explain the whole thing um whereas then you get robert holmes and we'll, we'll watch one of my favorite episodes of all time it's the talents of wang chiang it's considered one of the great doctor who episodes aside from the blatant racism uh we'll get to that uh <laughs> but uh um uh the throughout the story there are just these throwaway lines where you know it's like, oh, this person is a refugee from World War Five, World War Six, uh, and you go, and the doctor is just like, oh, I was with the Filipino army in the final advance on Reykjavik, and it's just like a throwaway line, and yeah. you never hear it mentioned again. And it's like, and it's it's not, it builds a world without any effort. It's just like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. It's not relevant, but it suggests that there is a world behind this. But right, it doesn't right. matter immediately to the story. So I've created a world without burdening you with having to know what. And I was like, wait, what, wait whose army? Why, wait, why were the Filipinos in Reykjavik? Yeah. And yeah, I, so I, I do think there's a bit of that that's necessary. I think, again, when it's done well, it fades into the background and doesn't hit you over the head. And it's just sort of there. There isn't a ton of, well, there is world building done in Utopia. Like you said, it's sort of <laughs> you. Qu- like you said, you sort of watch it and question. You're like, wait, so why are they still wearing these? They're just wearing these rags from. Like, how far ahead in the future are we? And why They're are still driving are a truck? Like, yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but then you feel like if they stopped and talked, no, of course, the reasoning for it, as you said, is probably just like, hey, we're near the end of this episode <laughs> and we've got a big budget these last two episodes to, to, to make yeah. that happen. We're going to need a big budget the to Master's do that. Prime Minister. We so can, yeah. if and uh, and Steve said we could use his truck. <laughs> so can that be the truck that we use? Um, it's a truck from the future. Oh. <laughs> so that's the reason for it. Yeah. But in terms of um, if they if they stopped and tried to explain it, I think that would be problematic. Like it, it would probably be not worth the effort, and would they kind of have to take a long walk to right. get around? Like, well, here's why we're using 20th century Earth trucks is because <laughs> because the, at the end of the you know they have to was explain a all sale. That. Uh, Ford had a big sale. (laughs) Crazy Eddie. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 
So I, you know, I, I think you have to do, you have to do whatever is needed in the service of the story. And in episodes, the episodes that work really well, doing it in service of the story also allows, like you said, for some of these throwaway things that are like, Ooh, we could explore that further, but we don't even have time because the story is so interesting. We're going to keep going in that way. Um, and then you have a dragon where neither is happening. It's like the story isn't that interesting. And you're taking a lot of time to talk about a world that none of us are really that interested in, um, which maybe is a good lead into maybe talking about where we rank this episode. <laughs> All right, John, how you doing? Good, good. We got through, uh, we didn't dispatch with uh techno babble as quickly as you uh claimed we would so i i blame you on that yeah well i could explain it but it would, there's a lot of formulas involved in it. sure would it involved isometric triangles <laughs> john there are over 295 doctor who stories we have ranked let me check in so uh 60 of them yeah so huh. this will huh. be 61 and 62 we need to run well they're not ranked 61 well they might be i don't know yeah. we um, might rank nah. them 61 and 62 <laughs> Um, but let's get started with ranking these. I will go first. As uh, you do. I base everything, as I said to you in the pre-show, I based everything about how do I feel about this in, in reference to the macro terror. Yeah. For some right. reason, yeah. that is my it's everybody's benchmark. Yeah. That's right. my Polaris. That's my just, North Star. Just don't, you know, be careful about taking that into your into your life. Like if Nelly does something <laughs> and you're just like, that is not as good as the Macro Terror. So I that is lower on my list. And she'd be like, if oh. Mrs. Probe is like, should we have a third kid? I'm like, well, how much do you like the Macro Terror? <laughs> she says, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> uh, wow. And you're announcing so, Well, then we're not having a third kid. No. <laughs> Decision made. So, uh, uh, and I ranked Utopia actually very, very close to the Macro Terror. So I have it coming in at number 18, uh, just below the Hand of Fear and the Macro Terror, just above Modern Undead and 42. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like this episode. I, I, I kind of see, like you said, the the kind of failings of the world of itself, but I kind of liked living in it. Love Jack. Uh, I liked the professor and his assistant. And then the twist at the end, like I said, sort of made some of the other things that were maybe confusing about the episode worthwhile. So I don't know. I really enjoyed the episode. Um, And in a way, uh, I don't really love this is to me is a great master episode because I don't really like the master. Mm. But the reveal of him being there suddenly is like exciting. And then it's like, well, the actual story of it, I'm not actually interested once he's involved because he is, as we've discussed, very mustache, mustache twirly, yeah. you know, tying well, someone to a just train wait. track. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have it coming in at number 18. Um, so kind of lower of the top. It's now breaking into thirds here. So it's like bottom of the top tier or top of the second tier. It's your decision. <laughs> Keep her tracking. Um, you know, I have it lower. It's not. It's not the worst. Uh, I. I don't think it's one of the worst episodes. And we. You know, we get to see Nissa. There. There. It's not great. Uh, I ended up with that one kind of bottom of the second tier for uh, here for me or top of the third. So I have it right or I have it just above the Lazarus experiments. Um, which again was kind of like eh, I don't love this. Just below Gridlock, which I didn't like as much as you um around it's kind of around planet of evil evil of the daleks so it's not quite getting into you know 
Delta the Bannerman to me is the true top of the bottom. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's like, when you get to that, you're like, oh, we're in the bottom yeah, now, right? Yeah, but it's yeah, fun. It's a it's a fun one. Entered um, the new realm. It's it's, yeah. it's a little above that. It's it's like it's a real episode. It's not like garbage. It's <laughs> just hard to understand. Um. So yeah, I have it at, at number uh, thirty eight. So eighteen and thirty eight. Okay. All right. Um. I yeah. Both the lower on uh, both of those. So I have uh, a Utopia um, somewhere else. Um. If I could use the scrolling device. Ah. Uh, I have Utopia at number thirty one. Uh. Immediately below the Macro Terror. Uh. So oh, okay. Macro well, adjacent you like you. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's a fine episode. I though it's it is. Pretty much for me, it's the last eight minutes, like once they figure out that he's the master. And, and, you know, I think um, I think for again, for long term fans, it was exciting. You know, you are sort of each season, you're sort of like, I wonder who they're going to bring back. Are they going to bring anything back from the classic series? Um, And this season, they hadn't really. I mean, I know, you know, yes, the macro came back in gridlock, but that was just a throwaway. It wasn't like we were all waiting. Like, oh, is this the year the macro return? Like, it wasn't going to be a big one. Um, It was a nice little throwaway, uh, you know, and then, you know, we we have uh, we we have the Daleks, of course, but they come back every time. Like, it wasn't quite uh, so uh, having sort of the big classic series return of the master was exciting. Uh, but there isn't much else in this story um, besides that for me. Um, it, it's a very basic, and and what it, I mean, where why it does well or it stays up here is it is well directed. I mean, they do manage to actually do yeah. quite a bit. Consider it's it's pacey and exciting, considering nothing happens. I mean, there's a, that whole conversation between Jack and the Doctor is like five ten minutes long, and it's just him in a room playing with some devices and the doctor and like talking <laughs> right, right. and like it's very engaging and then martha's like you got a watch um oh she didn't i mean if freeman did it that way you have a watch oh, oh, well, i'm gonna go see the doctor um yeah so uh 31 is utopia uh, i have the keeper of Trocken sort of down in my well of 80s um uh doctor who's it's down uh just below warriors of the deep uh at number 44 um uh just above modern undead i i kind of actually put it about equal to modern undead in that they're very to me they're very similar stories they're very slow uh very much uh sort of about plot about talking through plot uh and explaining things that are going on um uh and yeah almost and and you know return of a beloved pet character i like uh i like this version of the master and we'll talk about the master's motivation a bit in the next episode uh but um uh this desperate to survive version of the master is one of the more interesting ones it's the it's about the only time to be where his character really makes any sense um and so uh so i kind of like that return um and i appreciate the effort to to create this interesting storyline uh but yeah it just it doesn't hold up as particularly engaging so checking in with the supercomputer the actual no not the my probe rankings we clock in at utopia at number 25 out of 62 and uh the keeper of tracking at number 43 we still have inferno as our number one episode followed right behind by aztecs blink tooth and claw and our our bottom episode remains and will remain <laughs> <laughs> the edge of destruction i don't know now i'm kind of reeking now i kind of want to rewatch edge of destruction maybe it's not so bad don't, don't worry know. we've got some coming that are gonna i think you'll come in underneath it <laughs> well you can go uh john people which includes you i mean i'm gonna throw <laughs> you into yeah. that group people um, 
people can go to mindprobe.show and they, they can, can see our rankings. Uh, it's a cool little page. You can see John's, my rankings, the rankings together, rankings. Of, you can see your own rankings. We've actually been able to figure that out. Uh, that If you, a random person, go to the site, it will tell you how you feel about Doctor <laughs> Who. That's very, wow. very interesting. All right. yeah. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast. We, of course, would love if you did that. would be amazing. That. Yeah, you should do And that. they're all, John is, you know, puts all sorts of notes from the they old do. episodes. Links left, right, and center. Links you to all sorts of cool things. Um, so please go there and check it out. And, of course, we do have the watch order all the way through to the end of this podcast, John. So if you want to watch along with with us, hmm. you can do that. I you might. Watch these. You know, I might do that. <laughs> you should definitely do <laughs> I might it. Start. I might pick up this. <laughs> Uh, I might go back to the beginning, but I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'll check it out. So, John, what do we have in store for next episode? Well, uh, we are just, you know what? It's If you just leaped onto this podcast now and you were trying to find a logic to the stories and you were like, well, a simple logic would be to just go in order, then this is your episode because we're just going to the next story in both runs here. Both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was not a lot of creativity. Um, uh, so we're going to the, the two-part series three finale, The Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords. Uh, uh, Dr. Jack Martha, Master Madness. Uh, and then we also uh, go to the fourth Doctor finale um, with uh, Dr. Adric Nissa, the arrival of Tegan, uh, and the Master continued on from uh, the Keeper of Draken with Logopolis. Can't wait to get there, John. Yeah. I can't wait exciting. to get there. Here's to you, John. Yeah, and, and the here future. is to the future. The future. The, it's like a robot. The future. The future. Here, is, here is to I it. Am, I am a robot <laughs> doctor. <laughs> we are in the future. Oh, this doctor has too many isometric triangles. Yeah, uh, yeah. We need to right triangle. Into time cone inverters. It's like if they were. It's like if they just start going like, "Oh well, we need to use the Pythagorean theorem." It's like, yes, <laughs> I imagine you do, but it doesn't seem like <laughs> we need. We need to use the eight time tables. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clearly three plus two is five. We'll have to. Here's some science I can get behind. show.